Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, the 30 Rock podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 36, season 2, episode 15, Cooter, the season Cooter. finale of season 2. Uh, David, if you would, please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of Cooter. So Jack is now in Washington and finding it hard to uh, to make his way through the uh, latter stages of the Bush presidency where the the recession is looming. No one, uh, everyone has about four or five job positions and the budgets are very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenneth wants to be a page at the Olympics in Beijing mm-hmm. in 2008 in the uh, 29th or the XXIX Olympics, according <laughs> to him. Uh, yeah. Jenna is helping out everyone this week. She helps Kim with his application. Also, Tracy is making great headway on his porn video game, and Jenna does some voice work for that, too. Yeah. And Liz gets a positive home pregnancy test result. <gasps> Who could it be? Who the daddy? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to watch it find out. No, yeah, busy episode. Again, I think... So, season two was uh, the truncated season because of the writer's strike. So, they're fitting like three episodes into one here to try and just wrap everything up. And yeah. even even by the end of the plot line, they basically have to do a three months later that's making up for the three months that they missed of episodes uh, and just sort of explaining, all right, here's, here's where everyone is and here's where everyone's going to be next season. Uh, so, they, they do it, though. Like, it doesn't feel overwhelming it just feels like everything they did a great job writing this episode to like compact six episodes into one uh without it feeling too busy or just too much i think they did yeah. a great job with it and Solid every, episode. everyone gets a, a decent amount of lines mm-hmm. except josh uh, yeah, I don't think he's... Who is not the episode at all. Lutz isn't either. No, Lutz is... Yeah. Lutz, Lutz, Lutz oh, well, I should say, outside of, the, outside of the writer's room, everyone right. gets a few lines. I think other than that, Frank Suri gets... is even on Suri anyway? gets a... Yeah, Suri gets a few. Frank gets a couple lines. Pete gets but, his best bit that he's yeah. had in this, the series yet of the yes. whole... <laughs> It's probably the the, the, the the least useless Pete storyline yeah. that I can remember so far in the series. The Olympics. That's a, his reaction is, is the best part of that. Um, yeah, no, solid episode, solid finale to a truncated season, but an already strong season. I think uh, it's... And a uh, guest appearance by Matthew Broderick. Matt, Matt, yes, the murderer Matthew Broderick. Um, yeah, uh, and, it, and it's a good setup for what season three is going to bring in terms of uh, Liz's main storyline throughout that of her really wanting a kid. And rather than trying to get pregnant, she's just going to start adopting. So uh, we'll touch on that as we get to the end of this episode. But any other uh, thoughts before we hop in? Let's hop in. Let's hop in. All right, we actually have a cold open this week. Again, I think last week's the only one where we don't actually have a cold open. But we'll stay tuned and find out if we're wrong. We probably are. But the cold open this week basically just sets up Jack's now in Washington and Liz is getting the exposition of why he's there again and what he plans on doing. So enjoy. This is it, Lemon. Government. The true seat of American power. This is all happening so fast. I mean, last week you were at GE and this week you're... What are you in charge of exactly? Uh, We're sharing the load. It's a bit of homeland security. I still have that. Extreme weather preparedness and the war on the poor. You mean the war on poverty? Yeah. Okay, let's go with that. So you're never coming back? I'm sorry, Lemon. But there's nothing left for me at GE. Sure, guys could come out of Tacoma and say, Jackie, boy, you're the next CEO, but that's not likely. 
The cryogenesis are already sharpening their head saws. Oh, this is also weird. It's making me sick to my stomach. Lemony. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. Are you eating those Mexican cheese curls? Hey, don't knock my sabor de soledad. I found a prize in here the other day. I hope. Uh, Lemon, I have to go. It's time for my freedom search. So a couple important points to pull out of here. Um, Liz is eating her Sabor de Soledad again, which is foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll that'll come back to circle yeah. around. But I think they did a fun job of it throughout the rest of the season. Of that's just her go-to snack, and um, it it ultimately has had a, it will ultimately have an effect on her in this episode, uh, which I think I think it was a charming little uh, sort of plot twist that I don't think I've ever really seen a show do before of explaining why someone loses their period or something like that. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the war on poverty. Here. Yeah, well, the war on the, war the poor, on the poor <laughs> more, which is really it. more accurately. <laughs> yeah. but no, it, it, it's, well, it's funny that it ends in his freedom search, which looked extremely invasive, yeah. which I think by 2008, that kind of thing had fallen a little out of vogue. It was more, I, I guess, I think of the immediate post 9-11 era for like the freedom fries and all that oh my God, foolishness. Freedom fries. But still, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, I guess you do kind of associate the Bush administration with all that sort of like ultra patriotic or, well, not just patriotic, I guess, but uh, painting everything under the guise of freedom, no matter how, uh, no matter what it is, just branding it with freedom because we're America and we're otherwise, free. Otherwise, if you're not, if you're not akin to it, you're you're opposed and you're anti. Exactly. If you don't, remember, if you don't see this invasive search, then you hate freedom. Remember the simpler times of America when you know there weren't MAGA hats and a bunch of other garbage going on. I mean, it was Nazis nice when you could, when you, if you were flying, if you could go straight to a gate at the airport to meet whoever was whoever was flying in. Long security line and yeah. all that. Yeah, it was simpler times. Not better times, but simpler times. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Mag Hatch, Jackie even invokes making America great he again does. at one point he in the episode. So and he wants to get some pens. Yeah, I want to say that Donald Trump stole that joke, so he's not even an original in that thought. So, boo, boo. Uh, we come back to 30 Rock, and Tracy's working hard on his porn video game and has to get some advice from Liz. Liz Lemon, do these look like wizard nipples to you? Well... I don't know, where the lightning bolt's supposed to be going in or out? Exactly! It's all wrong! These worlds are so clear in my head! Oh, are these the characters for your porn video game? The working title is Gorgasm, colon, The Legend of Dong Slayer. Sorry about the wizard, Tracy. I'll call the Korean animators. Yeah! You fix you like this! I'm sorry. Liz Lemon, do you know what it's like to be the only one who cares about your job when everybody else around is goofing off like a bunch of goof-offs? Yes. Uh-oh. Emotions. You having your woman times? What? No, I just had my woman times last... Oh, boy. Fun fact. If a woman is getting emotional, don't say to them that they're on their period. It's probably not a good idea. I think idea. it's a fun fact. I think it's just common um, decency. You'd be, you'd be surprised. Some no, I know. people are ignorant. Yeah, maybe don't say that to someone. <laughs> Thanks for the advice. <laughs> Anytime. That's what we're here for. So we come back from the opening, and Kenneth has a question to ask of Pete. Mr. Hornberg, I was wondering if I could ask you to write a recommendation for me to be a page at the XXX Summer Olympics in Beijing. Sure, Kenneth. Have you ever wanted to go to the Olympics, Mr. Hornberger? I almost went once. Bad news, archers. President Carter has decided to boycott the Moscow Games. Peanut farmer. 
Anyway, I was wondering when you were going to come to me for this. You know the applications are due today. Today, sir? The memo I got said they were due in two weeks. No, it's today at five. I have to write my personal essay. Donnie? Parcel. Thought you'd be coming out of that door. Did you get my memo about the Olympic applications being due two weeks from now? Savatier! Looks like you'll be staying here in New York all summer, fighting the crowds, smelling the hot garbage, while I travel to beautiful, breezy Beijing. The day is not <laughs> over yet. So there's a lot of Chekhov's gunning going on from the yeah. support of Soledad and then Pete's bow just in the background mm-hmm. on the back of the wall in his office. Yeah. Uh, we get Paul Shear back. I think this is the last time we see Donnie, though. He might show up one more time, but I'm pretty sure this is the last time that we see him. Um, but then, man, they... Not to say they pulled out the big stars, but they pulled out a lot of stars. They had Matthew Broderick, Edie Falco shows up for one scene. Paul Shear's here. So many stars. I feel like there was one more. Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney lookalike. Oh, yeah, Cheney lookalike. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, I guess like you know, again, they're making up for four, five, six episodes. They're cramming all these people in here, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but we come back to Jack. Jack's moved into his new office, and Matthew Broderick is on the scene as Cooter. And you know why he was named Cooter? There's some fun trivia for that. Not not in the canon of 30 Rock. Oh, I was going to say, well, they explain it a little bit later yeah, in the yeah. episode. So, was that his childhood name or something? No, the reason that it's the episode and the character is named Cooter is because uh, Tina Fey thinks it's the least graphic way to describe a vagina. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Which I, I, I remember hearing that term growing up. So when I remember like reading the title of this episode, I was like, they got that on air? That's, do they know what that means? That means vagina. Hey, you must be Jack Donaghy. Cooter Berger, Vice Chair of Farm Subsidies, Acting Head of FEMA, Temporary Acting Head of the FBC, while the Acting Head is on trial. Wow, you've had a lot of shakeups around here lately, huh? I couldn't disagree with you more. The administration has been streamlined, and the media are so obsessed with the current election, they've completely forgotten we're here. It's an exciting time. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I don't like to think of this president as a lame duck. I like to think of him as You know, <laughs> they make jokes there about how he's the head or acting head of like four different agencies. But it's like if 30 Rock were around now with all the arrests and indictments and people holding multiple roles, like they could have a field day with those sorts um, of bureaucratic Did 30 jokes. Rock predict the Trump administration? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the latter stage of the Bush presidency, I mean, you know, they're not, I mean, they're exaggerating, but not that much. Like there was a lot, it was, I mean, that point it was like rats fleeing a sinking ship like everyone was leaving like there were lots of you know a lot of turnover trials and turnover and although (laughs) here the turnover has gotten so bad they're just not letting people leave in some cases (laughs) they're still keeping them regardless Uh, but i like like they're the just like indignant uh denial that he has of everything is like Oh, you've had a lot of turnover. I couldn't disagree with you more. <laughs> There's a roof. The, the roof is leaking. No, it's not. We have a stat. Like it's just, just, just so adamant that nothing is wrong, and they're just so oblivious or tr- trying to like feign right. ignorance that it or, or playing. Well, it's like to right. it. it's just like we can't admit it because if we admit that something's wrong, then that's a negative, and we can't. So we just have to ignore it and hope that it goes away and it's just like that's a horror i mean it's one thing to do that in like your daily life but it's another thing yeah. to do that when you're like a governmental uh branch of something like you i don't it's just it's yeah. so 
awful you should i don't know yeah i think that's partially a jab at the weapons right. of mass destruction yeah, thing yeah, though because yeah, it's yeah. like you know the yeah. the party line was well we have the you know basically we know it's there you know we have the intel yada yada, yada yeah. which well, where is obviously it? was it was finally like completely debunked but i, I think because it's not it's like oh we have the research no it's not oh we have the research like we yeah. you know like it's some sort of similar yeah. i don't know logic quote yeah. <laughs> logic and quote which is weird so we lived through that and I don't know. Now we're in a situation where there's a guy daily is is saying this happened and this happened and this happened. And we're like within minutes saying, no, it didn't. And we show proof. And he then just added me as like, oh, it's fake. And it's like, what? Yeah. Like, how so, do we not just basically? Right. I'm not the mistake of the Bush administration but, was just not totally committing to anything and just saying it and saying whatever and just letting things blow over by yeah. continuing to say no fault, no fault. We yeah. didn't do it and wait till it blows over and then yeah. just ma- ma- maintain. I mean, that really has become what politics like. If you go through a scandal, just say it's all fake, write it out, and then wait for the next thing to come along and then yeah. you survive. Yeah. No, you just distract with more and more. Well, even just distract, just just deny, deny, deny. Yeah. And, and it moves on. Yeah. So, horrible. so in 2019, if you're a politician, just don't admit to it. If you, if you, if you admit it, that's, that's where you're going wrong. It doesn't matter what you do, as long as yeah. you deny any wrongdoing. Yeah. If you admit it, that means there's probably a cause of guilt or, or a, a ping of guilt or something. So it's just like, yeah, just keep denying it. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I want to say, unless, I guess, unless the media does get absolute proof, because there haven't, a, f- a few of the resignations have been where, you know, it was newspapers that got so much proof that it was hard, it's hard at that point to, well, I guess the thing is that the, the, uh, uh, Trump is, is obsessed, of course, with press coverage. So if it's to the point where it's so much negative coverage that, you know, the media has all these things and documents to back it up, then it, it's a PR thing. So, mm-hmm. so that's what it is. Deny and don't become too much of a PR liability because if it, whether it's true or not, if, if the PR burden is too much, then yeah. you're cut loose. Jesus. The uh, ceiling appears to be leaking. No, it's not. We've looked into it, and it's not. Uh, if you have any questions, I'll write down my extension for you. Do you need a pen? Nope. i kind of gotten used to it. You don't have pens? We're not in a recession. Boy, we've got to crack the whip around here, Cooter. You don't have pens. The roof is leaking. No, it's not. I'll show you the study. Hey, we have a meeting with the Appropriations Committee, like now. Oh, no, I'm not prepared. I know I'm not drunk either, but we'll manage. Uh, I guess it's also just like his delivery of like, no, it's not. I swear, it's not. I have a study that I'll show you. It's just so adamant about it that it's like, you. I guess you just start to believe it because you got no other choice. Yeah, and apologies if you think we're being too political, but this is a very political episode, and it's hard. I mean, this episode is going hard in on the like late Bush like ineptitude yeah. and just all the problems. Yeah. So again, it's kind of hard to avoid any sort of political talk, and especially in relation to current times when you see yeah. certain similarities to, pop up. Compared to current times, we're not even talking really about current times. It's yeah. like, compared to current times, this is child's play yeah. compared to what's happening now. Well, so. in some ways. In other ways, it's just, you know, I, I think in, in, in any government, there's things that go on at a low level that just never come to light right. that are kind of, maybe if not corrupt, just like not, I don't know, not the uh, best way to do things or the most uh, ethical, there we go, the most yeah. ethical way to do things. Yeah. But it's also, I mean, around the, even around this time, the news cycle wasn't 24 hours, it was 24 minutes, but even now... Well, it was, times, I mean, I mean, you it had... It was, it was, but people weren't paying as close attention as they. I would say they are now, where something is coming, as Trump says something, because he's tweeting about it, because, um, I mean, Twitter's 
at the time of this airing, Twitter was a gleam or just about launched. Like it was still a relatively new thing. Um, well, it's been around, I guess, 11 or 12 years now. So yeah. it's been around for a little while. Um, but, but the the news cycle was, you know, it wasn't the 24 hour and it was a lot faster. But in terms of, of relaying, like, okay, CNN says X. Okay, well, so-and-so says Y. And then CNN either redacts whatever they say or or adds to it or whatever. Now it's like literally someone says something, two minutes, there's a reply, and the cycle's basically done within probably an hour. So it's like the cycle is just so much faster and there's so much and there's so many avenues that it's just overwhelming and it's just kind of a lot. Yeah, that's true that social media definitely didn't have the influence then yet. But I think part of like, so so right to 2008, so that's when like Fox News was especially starting to ramp up its Mm -hmm. style. Like it was post 9-11, but especially into the early Obama years. So Fox News is starting the trajectory that it's that it's come along to now. CNN was a lot less sensational, but this I think this is when Jeff Zucker was still running NBC before he went to CNN and turned it into a real like I mean really the sportsification of political talk. So CNN like CNN was obviously twenty four hours and they were doing I mean still a lot in this constant news and and exaggerating things to make news and whatever, but not I guess it just wasn't the the person who was the head at that time, which I don't know who it was, but it wasn't Jeff Zucker. It hadn't been made into the super reactionary style it is now. So I think right. so I think I I totally agree with you that social media has led the influence, but I think it's also the people guiding it weren't going for as much of a reactionary style as they yeah. are really now. Yeah, I mean the clickbait things weren't a thing yet yeah. either. Clickbait right? was a thing on the internet, but not so much yeah, not totally on yeah. T V news. Buzzfeed yet. Buzzfeed hadn't tapped into that market yet. Yeah. So um yeah yeah things have changed that's all <laughs> yes. and yeah like you said this we it is probably politically heavy just because of the content as well as you know sometimes you got to talk about that stuff but i do think this is one of the more politically charged episodes for sure yeah. uh i don't think we'll get anything really too much beyond this uh cause jack's gone from the white house by the end of this episode and uh, I don't think any of them really return. Um, yeah. But if we ever do Parks and Recreation, then we'll have to get well, that's really a lot politically of, yeah. heavy. But that's, well, I don't know. Small, well, not for, small the, town politics first, isn't necessarily the... Yeah, I'm thinking like I'm thinking like late stage of that series. That's yeah. when they really start hitting that's true. into the, uh, yeah. the DC stuff. So, well, we'll see. That's Who knows? Who knows? Uh, anyway, we come back and Tracy, Jenna, Grizz, and .com and uh, Frank are laying down some tracks for his porn video game. Oh god, what was it called? Or uh, Gorga- uh, Gorgasm colon the Dong Slayer. Yeah. So here we go. Warrior, you have defeated the snake elf. Now join me in the orgy chamber. The poets will sing of this night. Stop! Stop! It's not working. It's not not you, Grizz. You're doing great. I memorize all my lines at home. But Jenna, you're not doing good acting. Don't overthink it. I don't need another Judy Dent situation. Let's just skip ahead to the list of player sensuality options. These avatars need to be able to do anything to each other. Touch my cheek. Touch my chest Now give me a little robot. Touch my butt. Not like it's a secret. Touch my knees. Sexy. Touch my knees, butt. Good. Touch my feet with your knees. Now that we're in the zone, I want you to give me some random sex sounds. Ah. 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 Whoa. Ah. Oh. Wonderful, wonderful. Let's take it again from the top. This time, let's record. <laughs> I like the fact that Junie Dench is going to be in this game. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, 
Tracy Morgan's line delivery and line, Jenna, you're not doing good <laughs> acting is like perfect because what he says is just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, especially because she actually is acting while Grizz was being very funny. He was like, the poets will sing of this Yeah, time, like his, his lines were very corny and like, yeah. I mean, also like, and I guess it's also the joke like Grizz isn't an actor, Jen, yeah. Jenna is an actor and like somehow Tracy's completely misreading it. Like it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so Jack gives a, a, a very rousing speech for pens and I, I don't know it's one of those things where like he's not really saying anything but he gets a standing ovation well that's kind of the point like, it's like it's, it's not about it's, it's about the delivery and how you make you know how you make people feel yeah and it kind of makes me think and I haven't seen an, a lot of it but it makes me think of Mad Men so I've only really seen like the pilot episode and, and oh on, well on, then please on, please speak about Mad Men I'm, I'm, not, I'm not speaking on the whole shot I'm talking specifically of the pilot because it's really the only episode that I've seen but the end of like I think the whole story arc of the first episode is he's trying to sell the cigarette ad or something like that. You've seen it, right? You've seen all of Mad Men. It might have been a little. I've while. seen all of Mad Men once. Okay, so it's a thirty rock situation. But like the whole episode is them trying to land this cigarette deal, and so Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike. Do you remember that? Okay, so he's trying to land the Lucky Strike deal, and he gives this impassioned speech that's like. You know, there's no music, and it's just a single monologue, and he's, he does it, and then they get the deal, and it's just like, I don't know, like, I was listening to another podcast uh, a little while ago, and it was like the 10-year anniversary of the first season of Mad Men, so they played that scene, and I was just, and I've seen that episode, but I hadn't seen it in a while, and then I'm listening to the scene, I was like, he... He didn't really say anything. He just said words. That's advertising. It's about how you make I know. Them feel. And it's like, it's like, why? And the, but the problem was like the podcast was like, oh, so good. It was so well done. Like, I just, can't, oh, that's what hooked me. And I was just like, he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. Why is this? Well, he evoked why feelings, was it, obviously. But of what? Well, of he, what? Smoking? Like, I don't, I, it's just like, what is he evoking that it's just like, this is the best? I don't know. It was just so like, Maybe I need to, and I, maybe it's just me being like rah, rah, rah about it. But I, maybe I need to go rewatch it and see. But like, I remember watching it in the moment, and then and then when I'd heard him play it on the podcast, I was like, they're not saying anything. They're just saying words. Like, what are they supposed? They're trying to sell like because you're selling to a group of people that are just essentially going to say to you, yeah, we want you to write this ad, but you're not selling to the people that are actually going to be smoking your product or using your product. So it's like. You wouldn't say that to them. You're only saying it to a, a group of people that will allow you to run an ad. So it's just like you're not saying anything. It's just, I never like that. I don't like empty just monologues that are just like, oh, it's a bunch of words. And it, it sounds rousing, but you're not actually saying anything. It's just empty. It's well, just don't like, watch Westworld then. I've tried. I didn't <laughs> that. Oh, my God. Yes, Westworld is another example. Of like a, They don't say anything. It's just people like seemingly like sounding almost Shakespearean not without accents and it's just like oh this is the best writing they're not saying anything they're just talking and it's like that doesn't mean anything it's pointless like why is this considered good <sighs> well I mean they are I mean they are saying something it's like there's I mean it's, it's a lot of like I guess philosophical well, I speaking but it's like but you're right it's not but I guess the disconnect is like it sounds like maybe your issue with it is that it's not like real dialogue like it's that's not, not like that's not how people actually well i guess if you're giving an ad pitch that's i mean that's a little Maybe. that's a little different yeah, but, i can't speak to i that. mean i think sometimes in tv there's just dialogue that's heightened like you know like a lot of like sorkin style shows have like very like the, the way he writes his characters like it, it's a way that's not necessarily realistic it's it can be very grandstanding so yeah. it's a little heightened but 
I mean, I don't know, that's just kind of a, a TV writing thing that I guess, you know what I mean? Like, I can mm-hmm. see where, I mean, and I, I'm not a big fan of a lot of it either. Like, I couldn't get past the first season of Westworld just because I thought it just wasn't very interesting in general to me personally. Yeah. But anyway. Um, but the premise of Westworld sounds so cool. That's why I was kind of into it. I was like, oh, yeah, theme park that's like the, I mean, the, the first that... couple episodes I thought were very compelling, but mm-hmm. over the first season, it just loses steam with, like, really but, long episodes, yeah. like... And just, just like long, like I remember whenever they would go to like the, I guess it would be the tech lab, like the underground tech lab where they were working on everybody. There's the guy with the glasses that, uh, and Anthony Hopkins characters would just have like conversations, like, and it was all these philosophical things of like the robots are coming alive, and it's just like, can't you just say that without like spending five minutes with all of yeah. this like nonsensical speech? Like, just say. Hey, uh, and maybe it doesn't sound as good for, you know, acclaimed writing to say like, yeah, we think the robots are coming sentient. Can you stop that? Like, rather than having stage and star the screen, Anthony Hopkins saying something in a roundabout way that takes five minutes to say something that takes five seconds. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it almost comes off as like pretentious to me that it's just like, it's such a turnoff. Yeah. Well, it's just a style of dog. And I guess it comes down to if you like, you know, it's a movie and saying, well, it's a movie. So the dialogue doesn't necessarily have to be quote unquote right. realistic, and I mean, it just I guess that's how it's, it's a personal thing. Yeah. If you if you like it or if you're annoyed, and I'm by not it, saying giving like a baseline like robots are becoming sentient. I'm go- like I don't need something like that level, but like I also don't need a five minute speech saying robots are becoming sentient. Like I don't. Need, well, I can figure that you're already showing me that. I don't need you to spend another five minutes telling me this in a very roundabout way. I don't yes. like it. I don't well, think it's good. I'm going to go ahead and sum up. Okay. All of Westworld season one to you in two words. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> Every, yes. Everyone's robots. <gasps> That's season one of Westworld in summed up. Oh my god. You, you, you don't need the dialogue, you need to see anything. That's basically so, all you need to know. Everyone's really cool. robots. That see, that's one of those things I could read the synopsis or someone tells me like, oh it's it's about this and I'm like, oh that sounds really cool. And then I'm watching and I was like, Huh, this this isn't cool to me. Like it, just get to the point. It's just uh anyway. And it's not instant gratification. It's just, I, I think there's better ways to do things like that. We're not, neither one of us are writers, so we can't criticize too harshly, but I don't think Mad Men or Westworld are all that good. Kenneth, where have you been? I had to put on my jeans by myself. I'm sorry, Miss Maroney. I'm trying to finish this application for Beijing. Did someone say Donnie? No. No. Oh, it's pretty muffled in there. You'll never get that application done in time, Parcel. That's the only thing I know how to say in Chinese. Four and a half hours. Hee-haw. Tony's right. I'll never finish this application in time. Personal essay is way harder than I thought, because it's just not in my nature to brag on myself. Not even a backdoor brag? What's a backdoor brag? Sneaking something wonderful about yourself into everyday conversation. Like when I tell people, it's hard for me to watch American Idol because I have perfect pitch. Oh. Ew. Now you try. It's hard for me to watch American Idol, because there's a water bug on my channel changer. It's no use. I do love the line, there's a water bug on my channel changer. That is the most Kenneth line. You know I think who wrote that, that line? 
Childish Gambino himself. Oh, really? Yeah, That's a good line. Yeah, yeah, it's a very kind of line. But some, w- some more foreshadowing going on with Jenna talking about her backdoor brags backdoor or humble brags. brags, I guess, as we call them now. But yeah. throughout the episode, there's a few more times where she where she <laughs> drops one of them. She's definitely working. Um, yeah, but and I will say quickly, uh, Mad Men is definitely one of the best shows <laughs> the last few twenty years. So we won't go off someone who's only seen the pilot. Anyway, back. I know, anyway, I know. anyway, anyway, back one to day, one day. I'll try. But back to Thirty it. Rock. I don't. I don't think I'll get that far into Probably it if I, if I try and watch it again. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. No, this is uh, four and a half. Like, oh, also the very start of that scene when uh, Donnie uh, pops out of the curtain. I'm pretty sure that curtain is not supposed to fall because, like, if you yeah. watch his reaction, like he he stops and he kind of like like are we gonna call cut and then he continues. I, yeah. I feel like that wasn't supposed to happen, but like they rolled with him. It's funny. It's funny for that. So Jack uh, Jack gets a call from uh, Jonathan, who lets him know that Don Geist isn't officially out of the coma yet, but he has said Jackie Boy while in his coma, and that tenders Jack to tender. Did you say tenders? Render causes Jack. T- you tender your resignation. Okay, yeah, yeah, but it doesn't tender. You said it tenders doesn't Jack. Doesn't it tender him to tender his resignation? No, it. it- Caused him to tender his resignation. It didn't tender him to tender his resignation. What are you saying? <laughs> it causes Jack to render tender. No, tender was right, but you tender your resignation. It didn't tender him. He tendered a resignation. It did tender him. You don't tender a person. It did tender it, him because it tendered no, him emotionally no. to leave DC. No. <laughs> Watch Mad Men. They have that kind of level of writing. Uh, it causes Jack to. <laughs> To tender his resignation to Cooter. Cooter, this is my letter of resignation. Would you make sure that it gets into the right hands? What? No, no way. What do you want to do that for? I just received a very important phone call. I've got to get back. But we were going to do great things together. Look, the leak stopped. I have to get back to New York. This is my only chance. Resignation denied. You can't deny my resignation. Actually, I can. As acting head of the FBC, I oversee the EWPC, and I'm denying your resignation. You'll stay here and serve your country. The head of GE serves this country. He provides jobs, fuels innovation. He brings good things to light. Cooter, I'm begging you, please let me go. Hey, it's not up to me. Even if I let you resign, my boss wouldn't. They don't want people leaving here anymore. You're not going anywhere, buddy. Hey, the pens are here. USA, 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 USA. So through her spidey sense and also finding the pregnancy test in the uh, trash can, Jenna has discovered that Liz received a positive pregnancy result. Yeah, she can't let Liz have more attention than her. Hello, friend. Oh my god, you're pregnant. What? Yes, how can you tell? I just can. People always underestimate my instincts because of my looks. This is no time for backdoor bragging. I'm just so happy for you. This is what you wanted. Yeah, but not like this. Why not like this, Liz? As my mom used to say, you never want this to happen. Have you called Floyd yet? What? Floyd, you couldn't ask for a better guy to make a mistake with. Oh no, it is Floyd, right? <laughs> Woo! Those margaritas were strong. Can you come inside? I need a couple light bulbs changed. Yeah. Oh my god. How could you have slept with Dennis? It was before he tried to throw me under the subway train. Oh my 
God. Oh, so you're the only person in the world that's allowed to make sex mistakes? You had a three-way with Roseanne and Tom Arnold. That was two years ago. Fine, so I made one extremely unfortunate coupling decision. So what are you gonna do? Well, obviously Dennis can't be involved because he is a class A moron. So I am just gonna be a kick-ass single mom, like Aaron Brockovich or Sarah Connor. Listen to you, you're actually excited about this. Yeah, I am. Even though it's Dennis's, I must really want a kid. Go to the doctor and get a blood test so you know for sure. And while you're there, try to get me some Adderall. I do like to that Jenna does have some genuinely good advice yep. that she needs to go to the doctor and really make sure. And then undercut it by a joke, as per usual. Yeah. That's what Jenna does. No, this is, again, this is fun, Jenna. Just like, she's she's fully into egotistical mode and everything has to be about her. Or if it's not, she has to make it about her. This is the fun, Jenna, that I really... Uh, that we're getting, that we're gonna get more of in season three as, as the rest of the show goes on. Definitely in season three and season four, we get more of just crazy attention-seeking Jenna. So I'm, I'm looking forward to more of that. That's uh, a good character. Oh, I, I forget, we forgot to mention this episode won an Emmy for outstanding writing, and I think we could see why. Only ten minutes in. Good job, team. You did it. Um, we come back and uh, Jack is still trying to get out of his job and Cooter discovers what the pen is in, what's in the, really in the pen box. I'm trapped here. I can't believe this. Well, I can't believe the best friend I've ever had would try and leave me. Cooter, look at this place. This can't be what you want in life. Haven't you ever thought of leaving? Of course. Every day. Every day for two years. Look at these resignation letters. They're written in ketchup, dirty rock, leak water. But now you're here. You're here, and everything's gonna be better. Now we've got pens. Glorious pens. Oh my god. Oh my god. They're caps. Nothing but caps. Cooter. That's not my name. My name is James Riley. Cooter Burger? What do you think I am, a cartoon dog? The president named me that. He gave you two nicknames? Cooter because I look like a turtle. And Burger because he saw me eating a hamburger one time. We have to get out of here. Now that's the spirit. But if they're not taking resignations, there's only one way out. We have to work together to get fired. It wasn't even a hamburger. It was a sandwich. So apparently the line of him opening the box to find pen caps is a reference to a scene of Bridge Too Far where paratroopers are stranded behind enemy lines to receive a supply canister and only to realize it's full of caps, actually helmets. So apparently that's a reference to that. I've never seen that movie. I can't comment on it. But the Wikia is the only one that has that as a fact. Well, so thank you, Wikia. You Wiki taught us something a, this week. Great, well, allegedly. Because uh, like no one else is referencing that. So I don't, it, it could be right. It could be wrong. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I'm going to trust Wikia. They, they haven't steered us wrong yet. They just haven't steered us very well either. <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't know. I'm not a war guy. I don't really care for war movies unless it's like... Me neither. I took a class on war movies in college. Uh-huh. And... I did not get a lot of. Well, the one thing I got out of it was seeing Grave of the Fireflies, Grave of Ugh. the Fireflies, which is an awesome movie. movie is so but good. apart from that, it was a lot of real boring, really long movies and that it, I, I mean, don't remember much about. And that's a war movie in that it takes place during wartime, but yeah. it, very little actually about warfare. Go watch that movie. I think it's all on Hulu, dubbed and subs. You got really no excuse. It's one. Of, it's it's one of the I think most overlooked Miyazaki or sorry Studio Ghibli movies. Uh, out there but it's it's well worth your time it's really good good choice so liz goes to the doctor gets a blood test and she gets some prenatal vitamins 
And as she comes back to her apartment to drop it off, she runs into a very familiar face. Hello, Elizabeth. Dennis, what are you doing here? I don't have to explain myself to you. Look, I told my mom I got a job, so I've been coming here for the past couple weeks during the day. What? How come you're not at work? Because I forgot my computer. No, why, why am I? This is my apartment. There's something you want to tell me? No. Elizabeth, this is Melinda from Dr. Bouvier's office. We're trying to reach you again later. I know that message, and I know that tone. Every one of my sisters got that message junior year in high school. You're pregnant. What? No. Really? Prenatal vitamins. Yeah, I know what prenatal means. Pre, before, natal, ruined. Oh my God. All right, first things first. We're gonna have this baby at the same hospital I was born at in Coney Island, all right? Oh my God. Secondly, if it's a boy, we're gonna name him Morpheus, like that guy in the Matrix. If it's a girl, oh yeah, I used to bop this chick named Judy and I would love to honor her. Get out of my apartment. Don't talk to me like that. Morpheus hears everything that you say. Out! Your boobs are gonna get bigger. You must have been such a pretty monkey. What's that, Miss Maroney? It's your personal essay, Kenneth. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. I was just thinking about my friend, Kenneth Parcell, and how much he personifies the Olympic spirit. He's involved in charity work. You needed me, Miss Maroney? Yes. Kenneth, can you take this money to the many charities I support anonymously? Of course. Oh. Miss Maroney, this is it. He knows the importance of physical fitness. I mean, he can lift almost a hundred pounds. Mind, body, spirit. Can't help I see myself in you. So brave, so ready to be all. Miss Maroney, thank you. <laughs> I have 20 minutes. I'm going to make it. I see myself in you. That is some peak Jenna. God. And also, it reminded me, so one of the Apple Plus, whatever it's called, TV series that are coming out is called Dickinson. It's about Emily Dickinson starring Haley Steinfeld. But it's like, it takes place back then but it's like it looks like very like just like i don't know weird funny like part weird comedy part drama like with mm-hmm. sort of like a millennial it's like if millennials were dickinson anyway jane krakowski is in it and like i was listening to some uh, a book podcast listened to and like so one of the hosts said something about like it almost looked like a 30 rock parody of like jenna maroney starring in an emily a weird emily dickinson like tv show so is it like they all have the affectations and the accents of the time or is it like it's set in the period but they talk modern yeah like it's set there but it's like it's almost like if you sort of sort of like having a modern take on characters but like existing in the actual time they existed so hmm. i don't know i mean it's it seems like a very a very pointed vision so it could be yeah. a thing where you know it could be interesting or funny but it's just like it's just it's interesting i don't know but anyway because it, it basically looks like a 30 rock parody that's well that, that's what i heard someone say which i could totally see because like right because i mean it wouldn't be right like it would be in character for jenna maroney to star in an emily dickinson like show that was like kind of wacky and weird or whatever mm. so hmm. 
Kenneth sets off to to drop his application off. Uh, he gets he gets derailed quickly. Uh, he, has to, he 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 realizes his page duties come before his selfish or uh, his application. So he has to set off to do that. And we cut back one last time to DC, uh, where Jack and Cooter are mm-hmm. are developing a plan to get fired, and they stumble upon a gay bomb. Whatever we come up with is got to be wasteful. Embarrassing to the administration and upsetting to the voters. Holy smoke. What have you got? In uh, 1994, the Pentagon explored the possibility of a non-lethal chemical weapon that would, quote, reduce enemy soldiers' combat posture by making them totally gay bones for each other. How gay? It doesn't say. The project was abandoned in the planning stages. Of course it was. It would have been expensive, impractical, and offensive to both the red states and the gay or blue states. This is exactly what we're looking for. A guaranteed disaster. Like eating a burrito before sex. But where would we get the money? No congressman in his right mind would support this. Don't worry, I've got a friend in Congress. But not your best friend, right? Also, that was a real thing that actually happened in 1994. a very real thing, but... uh... Because it was never pursued, it's never actually considered yeah. beyond the test stage. That's crazy. That's crazy that someone actually thought that we could do that, or that we should do that. Like, yeah. Well, when, uh, I, when I was looking at the Wikipedia article about it, it did cite some study in two thousand eight that that found some like I don't know influence of like scent and stuff. So what what they were doing was mm-hmm. deploying pheromones or something. Yeah. I'm not, but so it found I guess some sort of basis in that that sort of idea that certain pheromones can cause that sort of attraction is not is like there's potentially some truth there. But the right the thought of like deploying some bomb to like do that does sound to basically just be an aphrodisiac that makes people have sex with yeah. each other so that you can then use that as a distraction and overtake them. It's just like that. That's peak crazy war like that that's like a science fiction thing that shouldn't be real that should not be happening yeah. it's nuts speaking of pheromones speaking and of pheromones sexy and things sexy things uh, tracy drops off his uh i guess you would say this is the demo uh to frank uh, of his uh or sorry gorgasm the dawn slayer colon the dawn slayer to frank yo frank oh my god is that yes it's just a prototype but I want you to be the first to play it. Tell me what you think. It's such an honor. <laughs> I got an additional filth bike credit. You earned it. Good job, Parcel. Too bad it cost you a trip to China. Wait a minute, who's this paper for? No one. <laughs> Looks like you only have 30 seconds to get your application to the 27th floor. And you're not gonna make it. Run, Kenneth, run! He knows. Oh, God, call me, Jack. This is a disaster. This baby's gonna have a father. Look out!
So some of that, well, a lot oh, of that. That was an entirely visual sequence. Visual, um, of just basically Kenneth doing the discus throw, high jump, uh, pole, vaulting. pole vaulting, but actually just using it to hit the elevator button. And I guess just a discus? calisthenics or, or, or floor gymnastics. Oh, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Uh, it's it's fun. It's 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 fun, and and I guess it's also kind of that. Uh, um, oh God, what's it called? I keep forgetting because I want to say the right thing, but I want to say the wrong thing. Uh, product integration because NBC generally has the Olympics, and they were going to have oh, the Olympics right. that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're sort of subtly teasing that hey, you can find all of this on the NBC Universal. Yeah, but <laughs> I, that sequence kicks off with uh, with a really fun thing where the the uh, the foreshadowed bow and arrow from Pete's archery career. He he used yeah. it to shoot uh, Donnie in the leg, so yeah. Kenneth can escape while he still has time. And that uh, that small storyline will come back in uh, the, the season premiere of season three. Uh, Pete talks about that because he, he says he had to go to uh, an HR seminar for uh. for violence against coworkers or something like for for shooting uh, someone in the leg. Uh, so it comes full circle. Pete's storyline continues, uh, but we last big star of the episode. We come back and uh, Jack and Cooter have made their way to Congresswoman Cece Cunningham. Cunningham. There we go. We got it. A gay bomb? You dragged me out of a meeting for this? I was gonna meet Bono. Cece, Representative Cunningham will keep this professional. I did certain things for you in bed that you were going to reciprocate, but then we broke up before my birthday, so you owe me. This could take weeks to get approved. I'll take my chances. And that would mean I would be spending my birthday here, so... All right. I will help you get fired. Yes. I am so on a roll. No crying in my bath tonight. So we're at the penultimate scene of this episode. Uh, Jack has finally had time to settle down, have some food, and checking his voicemails. And I think this is, an, I don't know, you're going to be like, blah, 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 blah. But I think this is one of the more, like, again, very well done, almost emotional scenes of just, there's not a lot going on. It's just him listening to the voicemail, and Liz is basically telling the entire story. And it's just like Jack reacting to it. Like he's not saying anything. He's not responding. It's just him listening. And when he when she gets the the message of like I'm ready, and then she's like, Oh, I gotta switch over to my doctor real quick. And then she comes back, and it's just like she's her, the excited the the excitement's gone from her voice, and then you know she realizes she's not actually pregnant. And it's just like oh, it's actually kind of sad because like the buildup of every message getting like like getting more critical and getting more exciting, getting more accepting. And then it's just all taken away from her within 30 seconds. And it's like, Oh, yeah. it's kind of sad. And he misses her. Yes. And he no, misses her. Yeah. I'm not going to get all boo because I, I think what you're <laughs> referencing is the speech Tracy gave at the golf club, which, yeah. but that was a scene where it was genuinely like, it, it was like, I don't know. It was making fun of all that. Like it was making fun of that, like big grand speech that makes all the white people feel good. But because re- what you know what I mean, like where where is this? More, whereas this is more of a straightforward. Like I could see where yeah. it's not written to like the phone call or the phone calls, and you know the scene isn't written to be funny. It's written to be Liz slowly lays like, excited and then gets sad, and like Jack is like misses her and empathizes with her situation. And additionally, like the Tracy scene, there's emotion in this. In Mad Men and World and Westworld, there's no emotion. They're all robots. Oh, Mad right? Men, they're definitely Mad Men. There definitely robots. is lots of emotion. Uh, not not pilot. <laughs> Well, that's one episode of a show that lasted like, like seven episodes. seasons. Well, they were only like 13 episodes, right? 
per season? Uh, 10 or 12. I can't remember. So but I mean, seven seasons, seasons probably 10 to 13 episodes a season. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've watched it. Breaking Bad's a better show, and they don't Oof. get all philosophical. Absolutely not. Okay. Hey, Jack, it's Liz. Um, maybe you're busy spreading democracy. Anyway, give me a call. Ah, things are happening. Hey, it's Liz Lemon. Funny story, I think I'm pregnant with Dennis Duffy's baby. Thought you'd be super proud. Ah, in a way, it's what I wanted. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. He knows. Oh, God, call me Jack. This is a disaster. This baby's gonna have a father. What? Kenneth just did a flip into the elevator. Jack, I've spent the last hour looking at cribs online. It's crazy. Even with all this dentist stuff, all I can think about is baby hair and converting my laundry and newspaper pile into a nursery. So I, I, I don't want you to worry about me because um, I'm happy. Oh, and yes, you hear me eating supportive soul deck because I can eat whatever I want now. Oh, hang on. It's my doctor. Never mind. I am not, um, never mind. Lemon, how are you? It was the cheese curls. Pardon? Causing the false positives on my home pregnancy tests. Apparently, Sabor de Soledad gets its special tangy flavor from evaporated bull semen. Oh, that explains your hair's thickness and shine. I guess in Mexico, women use it to stop their periods before Cinco de Mayo. I'm a little afraid to ask if you're still eating them. <sighs> They're so good. Lemon, I'm sorry you had to go through this by yourself. No, it's okay. I, I was actually ready to have Dennis Duffy's baby. I guess I'm getting that age where I don't care what anybody thinks of me. You're going to want to get a very short haircut? Resist that urge. And I know now that I'm definitely ready. I want to adopt. Are you sure? What about artificial insemination? No, I can't go to a sperm bank. The Duffy men use those like ATMs. The Lemon, I want to assist you. What? With an adoption. Oh, good Lord, Lemon, with an adoption. I know a lot of well-connected people. Okay, then, yeah. Help me. Thanks. I'm... How was your day? Um, oh, good. The president gave me a nickname. The Jacker. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't quite get the ATM joke, because just the, 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 the Duffy men use sperm banks like an ATM, but you just use an ATM to take things out. Right, Why would they get, be taking out sperm? You get money for donating sperm, dummy. Right, you donate sperm and get the... I guess you're right. You get, right, you get money. But, like, I was thinking, like, but... I don't know. When you think of using something like an ATM, like, it make it, it just... It makes it sound like they're getting sperm out of it. Like, I... I, I mean, I... But, like, but like you know what I mean? An ATM, you don't give something that. to get something. You put, you know, you That's put it in your true. card and you withdraw money. Like, it's not like you're giving something and then getting paid money for it. So, when they go into a sperm bank, like, I just hear, like, oh, what... Usually, you go to a sperm bank to get sperm. So, it's like... Yeah. The Duffy men... Like, that's why I just, like... I don't know. It hit me a little... I guess just like I guess just in terms of it, it's just a transaction. Yeah, no, it makes sense because right. Yes, yeah. you get money from it. It's just I don't know. It just seems like not as I don't know yeah. pre- pre- precise or I just I don't, I, know, I don't know. What would you what would you make it then? Um, like what can you donate that you get money for? Plasma. Well, it's not donating it. You're so you're basically. I mean, really, you're, I guess you're selling it. But yeah, you. Just <laughs> well, I call it blood donation because that sounds less sinister. <laughs> Yeah. Plasma sales just sounds a little dystopian, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I guess I never really thought about it. You're right. 
Yeah, using it as an ATM doesn't really make too much sense. Eh, we're not going to get that neurotic. That's what Seinfeld's for. Uh, we get the last scene uh, of the episode, which is basically just encapsulating the three months that they miss and not being able to produce the episodes and truncate it all into one final scene that shows where uh, everything basically resets uh, and uh, we're getting, uh, getting ready for season three. Gentlemen, I regret to inform you that the gay bomb could not be effectively weaponized. The chemical dissipates harmlessly in open tactical environments and frankly could only work if somehow we could get the enemy into a closed, unventilated space. Ooh, pens. I feel weird. Let's do this. Dude. I played this thing for a couple hours. It's okay, I guess. Frank, you've been in your office for three months. What? Yes, I'm gonna be a billionaire. Kenneth, I like you because I saw your two beautiful hands. Shema? Yay! That's the end of Tudor. We should explain that last part really quickly yes. because the dialogue is all in yes, Chinese. Yes, yes, yes. So Kenneth has made it to the Olympics as a page, and he's uh, having an evening with a woman when uh, a guy bursts in. So he's in some sort of spy. And thankfully, someone thing. on the internet has translated that scene because oh, there good. are no subtitles for it. Uh, the lady says, "Kenneth, I like you because I'm attracted to your two healthy kidneys." Kenneth says, "What?" The guy breaks in with a gun drawn, and Kenneth's last line is, "I had no idea." That's it. Cliffhanger. That's and it never, we never get anything of that again. That's the last that we see of it. I think it's just supposed to be like, uh, not wacky China, but like just wacky moment that you're not supposed to fully understand. Any like it's supposed to just look yeah. completely out of context. Like he's flirting with a woman, you think, oh, that guy's his boyfriend or that guy's her boyfriend or something. But it's seemingly she's basically a kidney harvester, and that's her. I don't want to say pimp, but the guy that. She splits the money with or something. I don't know. Maybe but in context, it's not. That's not what it's supposed to be. But it's fun. It's a, it's a fun little bit um, to leave us all and <gasps> what's going to happen in season three. But that's uh, that's Cooter. That's Cooter. Uh, yeah, strong episode. Um, again, because of a truncate. I feel like I've been saying that a lot in this episode, but because of a trunc a truncated season they they had to put a lot into the finale but despite putting so much into it we get a lot out of it just tracy's dream is realized he has a porn video game we get to see more of jenna that's just crazy egotistical backdoor bragging jenna uh liz sets off on her new path to become uh, a mom and pentagon has its own kind of lemon party um which makes me think so what they what they were trying to do was successful with the gay bomb and they seemingly had a good time because everyone got to do sex on each other they got they still got fired for that like well because it only worked they couldn't use against enemies they would have to be in a small unventilated space for it to work that's true but it was a failure maybe they failed them or they fired them to keep it secret maybe 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 that's what it was Uh, final thoughts on cooter and season two as a whole so, 
Overall, I would say that season two maybe had a couple more standout episodes in season one, but I, as a whole, I don't know if it was like markedly better because, but that, I think that's because I think season one is, was more solid than people give you credit for. Cause people, I, I don't know, like people don't say about 30 Rock that the first season, you can skip the first maybe. season in the way they do about Parks and Rec and others, but it, but they do say pretty, you know, I, I feel like you do feel a lot that season one is the weakest season mm-hmm. and they're still finding, but like, I don't think that season two was, I mean, season two had a couple episodes as well where it was, you know, it wasn't as strong. Kind so of, yeah. I think that maybe the highs are a little bit higher, but as a whole, there were still uh, a, a roughly equal amount of hit rate, yeah. I think, in each season. I think season one, it was trying to figure out what it wanted to be. Like, it wasn't certain if it really wanted to be a, car- a live action cartoon yet. Um, so they're still doing mostly grounded stories. Uh, you know, Liz gets fixed up with someone of the same sex or, you know, we see old boyfriends and how wacky they are. Jenna isn't into her full crazy self yet. Tracy is crazy, but he's not over the top creating porn video games and like going to his son's school because his sons are ashamed of him. Um, we haven't reached that level yet in season one because it's still trying to find itself. By season two, it's finding it's finding what really clicks for these characters and has really made it... It's so close to being a live-action cartoon that we are going to get that in Season 3 and Season 4. Um, so, yeah, I would absolutely say, like, like Parks and Rec and Office, you can skip the first two seasons of those shows because not a lot is referenced from that, and by Season 2, they found what those characters are actually supposed to be as opposed to what they may have wanted them to be uh, in the first seasons. Uh, but I think 30 Rock, it's... It's a, it's a different season from the rest that come after it, but it's still really well done despite trying to find its identity. But I think season two has really leaned more into the cartoony side of it and, and is, is more beneficial, I think, on the whole than season one. But they're still both great. Um, but again, because this is such a, a season cut short, there could be a lot more. Was it a truncated season? You, some may use that word. Um, I, I would, not six times. Uh, but no, I, I think uh, solid season all around, and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to season three and season four and five and six and seven. We got, oof, we got five more to go. We'll get there. I believe in us. Hooray. Hooray. Uh, so last episode I mentioned, and we'll, we'll try and keep this short just because I think this will be a bit of a longer episode, but shows that basically because we're in the finale of, an episode, of a season, let's talk about shows maybe we finished this year or recently that you may recommend or whatever so um do you need a moment or no okay well let's you 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 start and i will try and think of stuff because i'm kind of adult this is why i keep running lists of my favorite shows of the year because it's very helpful to look back (laughs) on it will end anyway um so season two of pose just finished on fx which is a really good show the second season was even better than the first um it's I don't know it's not a show for, for everyone it's a Ryan Murphy show well he created he's God, not does that guy ever not do yeah. anything well in this case like so he's not the showrunner there's another another guy who's the showrunner and he's he's more of I think he's written on some of them but he doesn't he's, he's not super involved that he has been on some of them but it definitely has the Ryan Murphy like you can tell you know it has his sort of um uh, hand not hand prints stamp yeah it sort of has his yeah you can you can definitely tell that it's it's a, it's a Ryan Murphy back show um, it's really good. Like the a couple of the a couple of really 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 good episodes this season. Um, it's so a little uneven where some episodes don't 
are, are a little inconsequential, but overall, it's a really, really good show. Um, well, of course, I talked about Fleabag, which had a second season, a second, probably final season Aww. this year. Um, but the awards. Yeah, well, yeah, the Emmys are coming up in a, few, a couple weeks, yeah. so we'll see. I, I mean, who knows what will happen. Veep, Maisel, mm-hmm. maybe Fleabag, who, who knows? Who, who knows? knows? Um, another show I watched some of that was really good was a limited series on HBO that was a co-production with, I think, Channel 4 in Britain. Years Game and years. Thrones? No, years and years. Um, which was basically a, a limited series that starts in 2019 um, and sort of goes off of maybe 10 or so years in the future. Um, that uh, some people have said that they find it hard to watch because it's it's almost too real, and maybe because I was going in with that, like I didn't find it so bad. Like it, I could see that a lot of people find it really cringeworthy in that it takes place in a post Brexit, like Trumpian, like basically a British family that exists where a sort of Trump like woman over you know ten years rises from being a, a a woman who like pops up on like chat shows and stuff and says like quote unquote controversial things and slowly builds her profile to the point where. She starts her own political party. She gets elected into parliament, eventually becomes the prime minister of Britain. And it's, it's, it's she's a very Trumpian figure in that she's, you know, uh, a wealthy billionaire who's backed by sort of shadowy sources and yada, yada, yada. So some people say it's too real because it is a lot, a lot of the rhetoric and stuff that is not very different from where we are right now. Yeah. The get, it gets into some places where like literally like, um, I think in this, it, is it the end of the first or the second episode where Trump is coming to the end of his second term and he bombs like some nuclear, he sends a nuke to some island right off China that ends up not being a big deal and that ends up being like, oh, we're in the post like nuke time because there was literally this nuclear bomb was detonated and the world moved on. So I don't know. So, so personally, I found it really, really good. It's very like, I don't know, just a, a very character based where a the forefront is the family drama and throughout the first few episodes like they'll be you'll see emma thompson plays the prime minister the woman who becomes prime minister and like she pops in the, like she's only in the background on tvs like if it's a chat show in the background mm-hmm. or the you know the election results are in the background or something so she's not actually in it too much but somehow like her presence is because she shows up randomly a couple times just in the background like her presence looms still over the whole series and it's really good um let's see catastrophe on amazon ended this year um, with Sharon Horgan and um, Rob, oh my God, what was his last name? Lyfield. No, 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 that's no, no. a comic book guy. <laughs> no, um, oh my God, I can't. Rob Delaney, Sharon Horgan, Rob, Rob Delaney, where they play basically he's a he's a, an American who's on business in London. Uh, she's a well, she's Irish, but she works as a teacher in London, and they kind of have one night stand, get pregnant, and end up deciding to stay together and have a family. So it's. Well, it's four seasons, but six episodes each, so it's really like the entire run of the series is one standard network mm-hmm. American sitcom season. But anyway, it's it's a really good look at at it, like I guess their marriage. Like it's really really funny. Like it's really like caustically like sarcastically funny. Um, good acting like, performances. Uh, it, I I haven't watched it other than like I've just seen you sort of watching it over like uh, like flights and stuff. Mm-hmm. It looked to me like a curb your enthusiasm style, where it's just like relatively grounded moments and then it's just like people put their foot in their mouth and it's just like yeah it's not that cringy not it's cringy, not that cringy but like but it's just like just small things happen that yeah. sort of 
spur the plot going yeah forward. but it's realistic in that like a lot of times like they their marriage you know isn't happening they have a lot of marital trouble right. but not in a way that's like dramatic like oh well they stay together but it's right. more of a more of a realistic they like come together, they got together they're because married. of a one night stand and they're yeah. married and they have a good relationship but they also have a lot of like issues and it's like them dealing with it yeah. and, but in like a realistic like funny way so that just ended and it's a really quick binge now on amazon um i don't know those are a few of the most prominent things that come to mind what about you uh well i can't speak to too much that's new uh well relatively new uh to literally before recording i finished the do the dark crystal show on netflix uh if you're a fan of jen henson stuff and and really just out there fantasy productions and and mostly practical effects and just really i don't know fun dark fantasy stuff i think it'll uh scratch an itch that maybe people want to especially if you just want like more muppets because god knows if we'll ever get any more of those again um i I think it's really solid again they're like hour-long episodes so there's a bit of a time investment involved but it's a lot of fun um uh what we do in the shadows was probably one of my favorite shows that i've watched that was a premiere this this year um i was a few months removed from watching the movie so i was sort of ready for more of that like kind of office mockumentary style uh but about vampires in modern day in new jersey i thought it was a lot of fun a lot of ton of ton of like guest actors character actors on there just like there's one episode that's midway through uh that just has like pulls tilda swinton in it pulls the three vampires from the movie in. just all these people that have either played vampires or could play vampires in actual films or tv are like pulled into this like tribunal and there's even like a reference where like oh is brad pitt coming is tom cruise coming like no they didn't get the memo or something like that and, like even wesley snipes is on a video call by skype by yeah. skype because he played blade and like but even his like he's uncertain of what actually is going on it's just it's such a fun show i, I really had a lot with that and it, it got on uh it got added to hulu a couple weeks ago so I'm, I'm glad that it's getting more exposure because it deserves it i think and i'm very much excited for season two when it comes back um but other than that it's 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 small things or stuff that's just like really old i finished golden girls which was a lot of fun um yeah nothing I, I know there's probably stuff that i'm forgetting and i'm like you i probably should keep like a tab of things that i finish and and all that but I, like we said last time there's just so much it's hard to keep track sometimes but not if you keep a bunch of lists in Google Drive. I, I can start keeping listicles and, and do all of that fun stuff. But, uh, okay. That's good. Oh, also, really quick shout out to Euphoria, season one on HBO. Shout out, Euphoria. Yeah. Well, because it's a show you. that, like, it's somehow, like, if, if you look at the surface, you can see it as, like, oh, kids are using drugs. They're crazy. But it's, like, it's it has, like, a really, like, strong, dark, but strong sense of humor that runs through the series. So, like, it... On the surface, like it seems like it's really bleak, but like Zendaya gives is Zendaya plays the lead character. Like she gives like a really, like, really, really good performance. So, like she plays a sort of like flat, just like not quite sarcastic, just like dulled, I guess, because you know she basically she was a drug addict, and it, it starts with her coming out of rehab. Um, and maybe it's part of his her personality has just been dulled by all the drugs. But like, but it's just sort she's sort of like the sardonic, like lightly sarcastic, like funny like performance sounds like she plays mary jane again i did not see that so but i i did i did did hear a recovering drug addict but yeah i did hear it was kind of it was kind of similar to that um 
but Which yeah, is, it's, but, it's, but a little it's, more it's, dialed up because it, it's HBO. Right, so they right. can, but but I mean, and there is a lot of you know like partying and drugs and sex and yada yada yada. But it's not as bleak as it might seem, and it's I don't know, it's just like a lot of interesting. A lot of interesting characters and interesting writing. So better than, like, I kind of checked it out. I was like, eh, I'll see how it is. But better than, I wouldn't say, like, one of the best shows this year, but better than I thought it would be and interesting and worth checking out. So that's it. Shout out, Euphoria. You did a good job. Um, all right. Well, we thank you for joining us for uh, season two of 30 Rock. Um, as always, if you like what we're doing, you can uh, donate and review and rate and all that fun stuff. Rate and review on Apple iTunes iPodcasts and whatever iPodcasts iPodcasts that should be a, an app of whatever app you use just let us know that's really great um, our coffee is ko-fi.com backslash go to there and we will see you in season three and do we want to give a quick synopsis of what to expect in season three you can we, we cannot because can. we don't remember uh, so basically in season three we're going to get Liz's journey is continuing of wanting to adopt a child um Jack gets in a new relationship as he always does, but he also by the end of the season we're going to learn who his father is. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert: um, Jenna becomes Jackie Jorp Jop in the Janis Joplin film, and Tracy is writing off of his porn video game success. So, a lot to look forward to. Jackie Jorp Jop is probably like top five jokes that Thirty Rock has done. Uh, it's so good! I can't wait to get to that. We get more just be Leo Spichemin. We get a ton of just uh, great character actors and great guest stars in season three it it really is where in terms of the live action cartoon it really starts hitting that very well so uh, we will see you again in season three episode 37 of 30 rock do ever david take us out see you next season Woo! for me to watch American Idol, cause there's a water bug on my channel changer.